Hi, my name is John Zimmer. I've been a focus staff member for about 20 years, including a number on campus as a missionary. And I'm really excited to invite you to this session where we're going to be talking about living incarnational evangelization with the people that are attending SEEK with you this year. There's going to be another session on how to lead a small group. How do you ask good questions? How do you engage people in discussion? How do you uh, reflect upon the content that was discussed in the talk that you may have watched together? This session is specifically about what you do during those downtimes when you're not having a small group discussion. It's about how do you actually live hospitality? How do you live life with the people that are attending SEEK with you? And so I'm really excited to talk to you about this today. The session is called True Christian Fellowship, the Incarnational Vision of SEEK. Now that's a big mouthful, that word incarnational evangelization, incarnation. What does that specifically mean? Well, incarnation means embodied in flesh. And of course, it's our understanding of how Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, who from all of eternity uh, was loving God and receiving the love of God, how he came down and took on human flesh, and how in his human flesh he brought the gospel to us, and of course died on the cross and rose from the dead. But he came down, he lived life with us, and we want to do the same thing. So incarnational evangelization means doing the same thing that Christ did. It means living life with the people whom we are evangelizing. Living life with other Christians and drawing them closer to Jesus and hopefully us being drawn closer to Jesus as well. And that's the vision that we have for SEEK this year. It's the vision that we always have for SEEK. But in a particular way, this year, you have the opportunity to invite people to your living room, to your parish, to your dorm, to live life with them and participate in SEEK together. One of the passages that we love to, to quote within focus, and we hope that all of our missionaries and student leaders and parish leaders memorize, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And in this passage, Paul is writing to the Christians in Thessalonica, who he evangelized. And he says to them, having so fond an affection for you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives, because you had become so dear to us. So Paul is saying to these Christians, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, as if there's anything more, but not only the gospel of God, but our very lives, because you had become so dear to us. That's a great image for what it means to love people, to share the gospel with them, and to share your life with them. We encourage our missionaries and our student leaders and our parish leaders and, and our alumni are doing this out in the world to share life with others. And in the context of the friendship that you've developed with them, to share with them the gospel. That is within the context of friendship, within the context of that intimacy of relationship, that you're sharing the most important thing in your life, a relationship with Jesus Christ, with God the Father, through the Holy Spirit. And so we invite you this seek to do the same thing. So let's talk a little bit about Christian fellowship. Fellowship is one of the foundational habits of the Christian life. We read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that it was one of the four foundational habits of the very first Christians, who it says, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and prayer. So fellowship is at the heart of what it means to live the Christian life, to grow in our relationship with Jesus and with others. But what is fellowship? We hear this term tossed around. Uh, even we might ask the question, what is friendship? We don't think oftentimes about definition of things these days, but the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle did. 
And he actually figured out and kind of like defined three levels of friendship. And I want to break those down for you today because I think it helps us to understand what Christian fellowship is. So the first definition of friendship that Aristotle defined was what he called a pleasurable friendship. A pleasurable friendship. This is the kind of friendship that you would think of with maybe high school students. That they have fun with their friends. And that's basically what their friendship constitutes. They enjoy time together. They might play video games or, or snap with one another or look at social media together or play sports together. Watch movies. They're having fun together and that's what the relationship consists of. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, uh, depending of course on how the, uh, what kind of fun you're having, but it's not the highest form of friendship. Secondly, Aristotle talks about what he calls a friendship of utility. And a friendship of utility is where there's kind of like an exchange of goods and services amongst the two friends. You might think of business partners here, or I think of my, one of my brothers who in high school was trying to make the varsity tennis team, but didn't quite have the talent necessary in order to make the team on talent alone. However, my brother was a really smart guy and got fantastic grades, straight A's in, in high school. Well, there were some guys on the team who maybe struggled a little bit with their studies, but were really good tennis players. So they kind of helped my brother make the team, and he helped them study and get better grades. So that's a friendship of utility. Again, nothing wrong with this necessarily, but it's not the highest form of friendship. What Aristotle defined as the highest form of friendship was what he called a virtuous friendship. And in a virtuous friendship, each friend is helping the other to pursue the highest good, a life of virtue. In fact, you're so concerned about the other person that you care about their good and you help them to pursue their good. And for Aristotle, he defines their good as living the virtuous life. Now, as Christians, of course, we understand that the highest good is actually pursuing a relationship with God and allowing God to pursue us. Aristotle, writing before the time of Christ, understands virtue to be the highest good. Now, we would understand as Christians to combine those two, that pursuing a life with Christ means a life of deep faith, but also a life of growing in virtue and growing in holiness. We want Seek to be an opportunity where we can pursue that Christian fellowship together. Now, you may be inviting people to Seek who don't have any relationship with God, and that's awesome. You're inviting them to take the first step in that relationship with God through the friendship that you have with them. You may also be inviting people to seek who already have a relationship with God. Maybe they're, they're, they're you know, really pursuing uh, what that means. They're pursuing holiness. That's awesome also. We want both of them to be there. One, one misconception I'd like to talk about with Christian fellowship and with this virtuous friendship is that we, we sometimes think of virtue as like this you know, very stoic or, or almost serious pursuit. But I tell you, the virtuous friendship are, are the most fun. And you also get the most utility out of them because you're pursuing the greatest goods together. The, the friends that I have in my life who I'm, I'm pursuing God with, I have the absolute most fun with. We can joke and laugh and have a blast together even though we are pursuing the greatest good or perhaps because we are pursuing the greatest good. And so when you are pursuing these virtuous friendships, this fellowship at Seek, you're going to have a blast together. You're going to have fun together. In fact, we encourage you to bring just human enjoyment and fun into Seek this year. So three ways I want to talk to you about, uh, maybe on a really practical level, how do you, outside of the context of the small groups, when you just have downtime together between talks, between small groups, between activities that are kind of formal, 
How do you pursue just living life together with the people that you're attending Seek with? And I want to talk about meals, games, and service. Meals. Having table fellowship, enjoying real quality meals together, is a great way to really grow in friendship. Uh, we live in a fast food culture where, you know, sharing a meal with somebody might mean you go to the fast food restaurant together and you wolf down a, a, a meal in seven minutes. You're going to have time at Seek this year to, to spend 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, really having great fellowship over a meal. And have fun with this. You know, maybe you invite everybody to bring a favorite meal from, uh, a favorite dish from their childhood. Maybe you rotate who brings the meal each night. Uh, maybe you order out one night and, and you have fun that way. There's different ways we can bring fun into this experience and not make it stressful. We don't want you to stress out over the meals, but we do want you to have fun over it. Secondly, games. Obviously, uh, we all have our favorite games that we play, whether they be card games or board games or, or uh, you know, playing, playing different activities together. We really want to encourage you to do that. It's just having fun together, playing games, is a great way, again, to like break down barriers and build friendship together. Uh, we have an inspiration guide which is available uh, on the same site that you're watching this video. Go to that inspiration guide. We have ideas for games and how to have fun together. Maybe again, you, 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 you invite different participants that this night is the night that they get to, to organize the game. So, so have fun together with this. And finally, service. Uh, service to the community, service to the poor can be a great way, again, to break down barriers and build friendship and, and invite people to do something good and noble and holy. Again, this could be somebody who, you know, you might be inviting people to seek who, who don't have a relationship with God, but they still will be drawn to serving others. So it could be something as small and as simple as inviting everybody to bring canned goods or, or, or non-perishable food items to your home. And then together on maybe on Saturday afternoon, you take those items to the local food bank. Here in Denver, we have a great uh, Catholic ministry called uh, Christ in the City. And on Saturdays and on weekdays, on Wednesdays, you can go serve the poor with Christ in the city. It only takes a couple hours. That might be a great activity for you to do. Find out if there's ministries like that in your town where you can just take a couple hours and take the group and go serve the poor. It doesn't really matter what it is, but try and find an opportunity, if you can, to serve. Again, I want to highly recommend the inspiration guide that uh, is chock full with great ideas, not just for games, but also for food and for service opportunities. But overall, I really want you to capture this vision of living life, living life with the people. The greatest opportunity you have to share the gospel is to witness to that. And when you witness to your faith in Christ, they'll ask you questions, and then you can communicate with words what it means to you to have a relationship with Christ and how maybe they can step into that as well. Thank you again for your willingness to, to be a host for Seek. We're so, so excited, and we can't wait to participate along with you. God bless.